Let's go, girl. Just tell me that I can and show you things that you couldn't believe. Let's go. It is Women Talking Football, WTF, not to be confused with WFT. We are the women, a pair of producers for Dave Campbell's Texas Football and Dave Campbell's Texan Live. I'm the executive producer. My name is Ashley Pickle. Sitting over there running the ship today, it is Miss Mallory Hartley, our associate producer. Howdy. Howdy. How's it going? You look upset. (laughs) <laughs> oh no i'm just making sure the streams are up so you can hear me oh cool and you um oh um how you feeling about how you feeling how am i feeling yeah from a uh, last night why does everyone feel like we need to start all of the shows that i'm on today like that i'm fine everything is fine i had fun i'm fine go anyway go Mavs. Ugh, well our audio is working i can tell you that <laughs> yeah um, did you doubt me now no yes i, I didn't i didn't turn on my thing it just happened um doubt you just doubt me that's why i want a refund on what I, a best friend <laughs> Ouch. Don't. no i you don't certainly do not but you keep talking mess and i'm gonna think about it <laughs> i won't talk more mess um anyway we're women talking football if we make it to the end of this episode um <laughs> it is episode number 55 we are in week 10 of the Texas high school football season and boy howdy is it an unbelievable slate of games um this is a brand name shopper week we have a ton of brand name games it's crazy that they're all falling in the same week but we'll get to that in a minute many of them on Dave Campbell's Texan live and our spotlight games on Dave Campbell's Texas football tonight we will reveal those in just a moment after that let's talk some super syntax in hill country football one of my favorite regions of the state um we'll be joined by Kaysen um, sports reporter and sports anchor Nicole Sharon. Ex- incredibly excited to have her on with us. Uh, she's in Kaysen, which is in the Waco area, Channel 6 down there. So we'll talk with her a little bit about that. We'll look at the ranked teams and, of course, the players to watch out of that region. But I've been dying to reveal the spotlight games for week 10 of Dave Campbell's Texas football tonight. And let's get right into it. Starting off tonight. Um, a couple of really, really good games here on TexanLive.com. Um, Willis, the 15th-ranked Wildcats, taking on the 25th-ranked the Woodland Highlanders. Um, if you are interested in recruits, here is a game mm-hmm. for you. This one likely to decide the District 13-6A title on top of proving just how legitimate we think that this Willis squad will be. We actually talked about it earlier, and you know that they have DJ Lagway, and we were like, okay, this is going to be a pretty good team, but Willis has really, I feel like, taken the next step and proven that they have a lot more than just DJ Lagway. Their right. defense has looked good. Their receivers have been on point. It's great to have an elite 11 superstar quarterback, but it's not great if he doesn't have anyone to throw the ball to. Um, Willis is looking deep, and I feel like this will be a really, really good test to see just how deep they are, especially with a defense having to go up against uh, maybe 
Maybury May Tower. <laughs> Thank you. I always, every time, I don't know what it is. I stumble over his name every single time. And then uh, Quan L. Faircon is on there too. So it'll be a big test from the Wildcats defense to see how well they're able to stop a very explosive Woodlands offense. So I think it'll be a high scoring affair, but one that we're quite excited to watch that one happening tonight. I at- love I just I love that quarterback matchup. Oh, it like rocks. I saw I saw that game and I was like, oh man, that's a that's a superstar quarterback matchup there. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. So that one happening at seven o'clock tonight. Chase Snyder on the call should be guaranteed to be a good one. Moving on to the insanity that is District nineteen six A. We head down to Katy, Texas, um, as we do most weeks. Katy Jordan, the Warriors, the new program taking on Katy Tompkins. And let me just read you the records of nineteen six A. So Katy, the Tigers have solidified their first place start or mm-hmm. first place spot yeah in, in 196a unless something absolutely chaotic happens mm-hmm. like that would be the biggest shock across the state period if katie was to lose a game the rest of the season but katie taylor sitting at five and one in district katie cinco ranch sitting at four and three katie jordan four and two katie tompkins four and two now obviously in 6a there's the big split difference as to whether or not who goes 6AD1, who goes 6AD2. Mm-hmm. So you add all of that into the chaos that is Katie just beating up on each other in Katie ISD. This one, sure to de, um, set some standards on where we think some of these teams are going to go, but should be a good game tonight. That one, we have Michael Silvers and Brent Hallmark on the call, 630 nice. from Road Stadium down there in Katie, Texas. Moving on now to what is just an incredible slate of Friday night affairs here on Dave Campbell's Texan Live. Again, you can watch all of these games in their entirety on Texan Live, or you want to talk about the perfect week to dive into Dave Campbell's Texas Football Tonight, our NFL kind of red zone style show where we're bouncing around from game to game. We have a quad box. We have a hexa box. Um, All of the boxes. You can watch almost all of these games at once uh, throughout the course of the evening. This is the week to do it because we start off down in the southeastern part of Houston as uh, the number fourth ranked Port Arthur Memorial Titans face off against district foe the barbers hill eagles out of district 8 5a d1 so this is another one of those districts that's still a little bit up in the air as to whether or not who's going to be able to walk away as champion so port arthur does have a win over laporte barbers hill their one loss was to Laporte. So if Port Arthur Memorial is able to handle business against the Eagles of Barbers Hill, they should likely take the crown for 858D1. If Barbers Hill was to beat Port Arthur Memorial, that's when we start looking at some big different tiebreakers and everything that would be happening there. If Barbers Hill wins, it is for sure to have a share of the district championship. Mm -hmm. It could be a three-way tie. It could be a two-way tie, but very excited to see that and how that unfolds there. Let's head down to District 9, 5A Division 2. A matchup unlike any other, on top of the fact that it is the 100th 
the 100th edition of Mid-County Madness. If you That's were crazy. anywhere down there in Southeast Texas, this is the place that you want to be. And if you haven't bought your tickets yet, I got bad news for you because I don't think that there's any left. They Probably sold, all sold out. They yeah. sold like 1,500 tickets in like the first seven minutes of him being open. I mean, yeah, that's not shocking. If you have, I've never been to Mid-County Madness, but that is absolutely amongst the top three to five of my Texas high school football bucket list. Yeah. Um, and it's even better this year as both of these teams trying to vie for the district title. They're uh, PNG fresh off of their state championship appearance. You'll remember they played sock in the five AD two championship last year, fell just short to them. Um, they're now fifth ranked in five AD two uh, Nederland at any point in time can come get PNG. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you never want to cross any of them out there, but PNG has been great on the ground with seniors. Uh, running back Isaiah Wynn. He has over a thousand yards rushing. Nederland will try to get their passing game going with their junior quarterback Aiden Sunday. He has uh, 1,075 yards in the air thus far. So if PNG wins, they should have the outright title because they've already beaten Fort Bend Marshall and Texas mm-hmm. City. If Nederland uh, was to win, they have a loss to Fort Bend Marshall and then have Texas City next week. So I back loaded schedule there for the mm-hmm. Bulldogs but step number one is going to be taking down the Indians of Port Natchez Groves and you can catch that one on Dave Campbell's Texan Live the 100th battle of Mid-County Madness. Speaking of backloaded schedules. Oh buddy let's stay in the Houston area for a matchup that every single person has had scheduled circled on their schedule from yep. the moment that the schedules were released we take you down to 21-6A as the 7th ranked Atascacita Eagles and their head coach Craig Stump take on Willie Gaston and his second ranked North Shore Mustangs I shouldn't have to get you excited for this game 21-6A is just a blast Atascacita almost made it Less interesting by having to go into (laughs) overtime with Summer Creek, another fantastic squad out of uh, District 21-6A. And so I'm interested. Is Was Atascacita looking ahead too far? Were they not playing as well against Summer Creek because they were looking ahead to North Shore? Wasn't it C.E. King? Was it C.E. King? C.E. King. They played. That's right. That's right. They already beat Summer Creek. No, they have Summer Creek. Let they've got oh, so they've got Jesus. North Shore and then the Tasca Seed has right. got Summer Creek. I was like backloaded North schedule. North Shore and Summer Creek yes. was a really good game. Yes, you're right. That was That's a Thursday the, night correct. affair two weeks ago. That was a really good right. game. But even going back to your point, I mean, C. E. King played a Tasca Seda right down to the wire last mm-hmm. week. I mean, I think the final score ended up being just a one touchdown game. So to your yeah, point, it was an overtime. Like they could have been looking ahead to this week against North Shore. Yeah, and so that's what we were wondering there because the other thing, speaking with some of our uh, confidants that were out at the game they said it looked like Atascacito was playing C.E. King a little hesitant they weren't mm-hmm. they weren't playing as aggressive as they usually do and you know all the stumps over there they're not one to play light or mm-hmm. uh tend to not throw some trickery at you so very interested to see this I mean obviously if you're in a quarterback Zion Brown versus Caleb Bailey is a fantastic mm-hmm. quarterback matchup but very interested to see what the first quarter here looks like because that's where Summer Creek had so much success against North Shore was we said it we North did Shore say that yeah is so used to getting out to a substantial you look down seven minutes has gone by and they're up 21 nothing Mm -hmm. and you're trying to just claw your way out of a hole what 
Summer Creek did so well was hold them off and force them to play in the second through fourth quarter, which they don't usually have to do. Right. If Atascacita is able to do that, then this will be just as good as a game as we think that it will be. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very interesting to see that. On top of the fact that uh, – According to the stats that we were given from a very official, uh, we were well, we were given it from the coaching staff. Yes, yes. Cita, it leads District Twenty One Six A in forcing turnovers. North Shore hasn't had any; they haven't mm-hmm. forced any. Um, and again, I know that some people are saying that's wrong. Those were the stats given to us from the coaches. So there's that. Uh, but regardless, the point of the matter is Atascacita has been a team that has capitalized off of forcing turnovers. North Shore has not done that right. this year. So if Atascacita is able to get a couple of those crucial turnovers, does North Shore have the defense to be able to stop Atascacita, who is an offense that can score just as easily as the Mustangs can? Mm-hmm. So Gavin Moritz on the call there from – uh, Galena Park Stadium. Very excited to see it, that one. All right. As if it could get any better, let's keep going. But this time we're heading up to the DFW District 5 6A clash between um, the McKinney Lions at CH Collins with the home team being Ditton Geyer. Uh, McKinney lost a little bit of its shine when it lost to Allen. A disappointing loss for the Lions. Um, but they have a chance to make it up because, again, a backloaded schedule. Mm-hmm. How about this mm-hmm. and then prosper next week? I was going to say, if McKinney is able to grab a win against Denton Geyer tonight, the next week will definitely determine the District 5-6A title game. Yes, because prosper. Geyer already lost, lost to, to prosper. prosper. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. But Geyer did beat Allen, too. So you want to talk about teams starting to miss the playoffs. True. That's where you're taking right, a look right. at it. Obviously, Allen would be going D1. So it's all it's mm-hmm. all up in the air. And this mm-hmm. is one of those districts that this last two weeks and the enrollment numbers are going to be one that yes. you absolutely want to keep your eye on because two teams will go D1 and two teams will go D2. Mm-hmm. All right. How about this one? A battle of unbeatens at Justin Northwest <laughs> Stadium in uh, District better. 4-6A as the sixth-ranked South Lake Carroll Dragons travel just north to take on the 11th-ranked Byron Nelson Bobcats in a matchup that we're just excited for. And Tepper and I talked about it earlier. I think it's impossible to say that if Byron Nelson was to beat Southlake, that would be the largest win in program history for the Bobcats. Yes, yes. This is a really interesting game, too, because if you take a look at Southlake's schedule, they – really haven't played anybody up to their caliber yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've beaten the teams that they've played pretty dang handedly. Like, this offense is just absolutely cooking. With Graham Knowles, the Georgia Tech quarterback, they're at the helm, and then his go-to guy in Jacob Jordan. It's cooking right now, and they're cooking at the right time. But this is also probably the toughest defense that South Lake oh, Carroll yeah. has has played against this entire season. So I'm really interested to see how this offense is able to handle this defense that has kept teams from scoring under 25 pretty much the entire season. So Mm -hmm. 
It'll probably be a lower scoring affair, I would say. See, I don't know. I think it's going to be high scoring because Byron Nelson also has an unbelievable yeah. offense. I mean, obviously, says that's that was the thing about Byron Nelson is they lost uh, Jake Wilson, and we were like, okay, who's going to step up? Tom Van Grott has he's, really he's stepped up really on good, quarterback yeah. on top of the fact that Byron Nelson has a one-two punch with uh, with Tucker James at running back. Yeah. So I think, I think it – I don't know. It's 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 tough. I, it could go one of two ways. You know, it's either these defenses are really going to step up and mm-hmm. keep the offenses from from getting on the scoreboard, right? Or it's just going to be an absolute shootout, <laughs> right? I, yeah, I think you're. Ex- I I agree with that. It's either going to end up forty five to thirty five, right. or forty nine to forty five, yeah. or it'll be like. Whoever gets to 14 first or 17 right, first is right. going to win. I don't think – I would be shocked if this ends in like a 28 to 21. Right. I just don't think that that kind of mid-range thing is going to happen. I think it's either going to be bludgeon on bludgeon when it comes to the mm-hmm. defense or it's going to be, okay, who's going to get the ball last because yeah. that's who's going to win. Right, um, right. But, yeah, I think the South Lake Carroll offense against the Byron Nelson defense is definitely going to be the – premier matchup to watch and then obviously I think this is safe to say it's for the district title oh absolutely yeah Yeah. definitely for the district title game and I think I mean the first time in a long time that we've looked at South Lake Carroll and said hey this could be a district loss for him I don't know when the last time that's happened yeah (laughs) so on the road against a a stadium that you know is going to be packed Mm -hmm. um our host Nick Laupius incredibly excited for this one a graduate of Byron Nelson um I'm not saying there's a little bit of a grudge there but there's a little (laughs) bit of a grudge there but if I know one thing about South Lake Carroll is there's nothing they love more than haters so I don't think anybody's going to get upset (laughs) over anybody saying that but very 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 excited to keep an eye on this one. How about we round it out as if it could not get any better? It does. <laughs> the number one ranked Duncanville Panthers taking on district foe at number three, the DeSoto Eagles. A battle of reigning state champions in the highest classifications. Obviously, Duncanville, D1, DeSoto, D2. It's not going to change this year either. I'm comfortable saying that. So that's that's almost what makes this game so fun in my mind, is as fun as it is for two teams in 6A to be vying for the one seed or the two seed heading into the playoffs, that's fine. But for both of these teams, they know they're going to lock down the number one seed in both of their respective divisions. Right, right. So you're playing for bragging rights. This game is solely based off of bragging rights. Right. And if we know both Coach Mathis and both Coach Samples. No one loves bragging rights Correct. more than the two of those guys. Correct. And, we, I mean, we've talked about the District of Doom for so long. Obviously, last year with the two of them and then SOC and 582, we talked about the three state champions all mm-hmm. from the I-20 corridor within 20 minutes of each other and all that stuff. This is nothing but vibes, nothing but fun, and we cannot wait to watch this matchup. We hope you will join us along with us. That'll be uh, Reagan Ratcliffe and Mitch Mason on the call joining us at halftime from the biggest push uh, that Duncanville will get all year long as Claude Mathis and his DeSoto Eagles has their eyes set on taking down what will eventually be the number one seed in 6A Division Mm One. So an unreal lineup of games there on Dave Campbell's Texan Live as a whole. We have a ton more games other than that, but Dave Campbell's Texas Football Tonight, if there has ever been a reason to watch the show, it is this week because of the 
just plethora of games that are going on that have such high stakes and such high interest level from a statewide perspective. And we can promise you that we are going to be putting four, if not more, games up all at once, too. So another reason to chime in so you can definitely watch all of your favorite games at once on Texas Football Tonight, tomorrow night. Yeah, 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 yeah. We yep. love we love the quad box. We love the quad. Now we now we got a hex box. Going, we do have a hex box. So I don't know which one I like more, the quad box or the hex box. I like the hex box, and then eventually we'll just keep adding boxes. We're gonna add boxes until they shut us down. Yes. And we control the stream, so no one's shutting us down. So we're gonna we're gonna eventually get to the point where we have every single game on Texan Live up at once. <laughs> it's gonna be like a hundred games. I will not sleep. What would that until- be? Called? What would that be called? A um, hundred box. Uh, it, it would have to be something like Centennial, a, yeah. a Centi box Cent- or something. Centibox. like. That's the goal. Yeah, a cen, C-E-N, Centennial yeah. would be. Yep, that's that's the goal there. <laughs> we got to get 100 games first at we one time. It. But <laughs> somewhere our first. chief broadcast engineer, Jesse like Wolf, is going, them. shut them up. Shut Cut them off up. their mics. <laughs> no more. <laughs> All right. So we hope you will join us tomorrow. Nick Laupius and Ishmael Johnson bringing you the best game coverage that you can find all across the state as we bounce around from all those insanely good spotlight games. That plus highlights all across the state, score updates, and all the fun quad boxing your little heart can handle. Up next, we're going to be joined by Nicole Sheeran from Kaysen to talk a little bit of greater Waco area football. But before we get there, Mal, let's hear from our sponsors at VCR Now. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas love doing business with fellow Texans. VCR now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855 855- Go VCR now. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855 Go VCR now. Appreciate our good friends at VCR now. All right. It is no surprise that there is an, an area in Texas that holds my heart. A portion of that is the hill country. Some might consider it the super syntax. And that is why we're going to be talking to Kaysen sports anchor and reporter Nicole Sharon as she joins us now. Nicole, how are you? Hello. Thank you all for having me on. I'm super excited to be here. Of course, we are excited to have you and to talk about a part of the state that knows its way around Texas high school football. We'll get to that in a second. Before that, we love to uh, have anyone that we bring on. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, uh, who are you? Uh, How'd you end up in Waco? And how much are you enjoying it so far? Absolutely. So I am born and raised in Manhattan Beach, California. I went to Georgia for undergrad, got to throw my go dogs in there. (laughs) And then (laughs) I graduated from Georgia, went back home, got my master's at USC um, in sports broadcasting. 
And then literally the day before graduation, I signed my contract to move to Channel 6 and move to Waco. And it's been great ever since. It's been awesome. I'm a big, you know, I love college football. Mm -hmm. I love high school football. Something that really attracted me about coming here was the fact that I was going to get to cover Baylor and college sports, but also obviously Texas high school football. There's nothing else like it. And so it seemed like the perfect fit. And it's been absolutely amazing. Well, and you made a great choice in the Texas high school football realm of, of a place to end up because it never goes without a year of us going, man, there is some seriously talented, really historic programs in that part of the state. For you, how exciting has that been to know that, okay, man, football starts in August, maybe even a little bit into July, and then we're going to be working all the way through December talking about Texas high school football because of the amount of talented programs down in the Waco area. Area. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. It's it's the kind of high school football, you know, programs that elite talent is coming out of these high schools. You are going to get to watch these guys play on Saturdays and even mm -hmm. on Sundays, too. And so it's the kind of thing where growing up in California, obviously, you know, there's elite talent that comes out of some high schools there. But I never was around. I mean, I went to a school that Football was not a thing really at my high school. And so moving here, the amount of excitement and the amount of ta talent that you are surrounded by every single week was eye-opening to me. Like it opened a whole new realm that I was so excited to be able to, you know, have a front row seat and be on that sideline every Friday and just get to experience that because growing up, I never had any of that. So mm -hmm. it has been an absolute blast. And like you said, I mean, you know, we're going to be there all the way until December hits, mm -hmm. starts in August and we go all the way. So I couldn't have asked for a better experience. Well, and here's the thing, too, about the Super Syntex is that I feel like you've got a good chance of a team making it to AT&T Stadium for all the way up to this 4, 5, 6A level and then going all the way down to the possibly the 2A and the 1A level. So let's talk about big schools first. You know, you've got your China Spring, your Wake La Vega, maybe even possibly Lorena. Which one of those teams or maybe a team that you've been keeping your eye on you think might have the best chance to make a deep playoff run and make it to AT&T Stadium in December? So absolutely. First of all, you're right that we're lucky that, you know, I feel like every year that we approach high school football, we expect to have teams make it to state. That's just something that we expect out of this area. And obviously last year, China Spring, you know, had that incredible season. But I will say, y'all, one team that has really proven a lot to me recently is Lorena. Mm -hmm. I mean, they just had a historical win against Franklin last Friday. Ended the longest active winning streak in Texas high school football. They hadn't lost a game since 2020, I believe. Mm -hmm. So that's a team that I really have my eye on. I've had my eye on with them with new head coach Kevin Johnson. But, I mean, Braylon Henry put on a show for them. I think they're going to make a deep playoff run. They've been to state before. They know what Arlington's like, and they know what it takes to get there. So that one circled on my, on my book for sure. China Spring has shown me a lot this season as well. Obviously, a different squad. I've talked to Tyler Beatty a lot about how the defense is completely different than what they're used to last season. They're very young, a little bit more inexperienced, but they've got quarterback Cash McClellan. They've got Kyle Barton. They've got those guys coming back to lead them through a deep playoff run, and I think it's just going to take those, uh, you know, both sides of the ball clicking to get it back to state if, you know, that's the goal at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So there's the big school. I am a huge fan of small school, and there is no better part of the state than down there in the Waco area to do that. Obviously, I don't have to introduce anybody to the Mart Panthers and what they've done under Coach Kevin Hoffman for all of these years, but even a program like Abbott in the six-man ranks, Coach Terry Crawford taking his team to state, those are two of the highlighted ones, but any other small schools that have been impressing you so far? 
I I was going to bring Avid up because I think that's a school, obviously, every year. People know they're an elite program. People know they're going to make deep runs. I, I really think, you know, it's Terry Crawford's final season. He's very open about that. It's kind of his last dance at, in the head job. And I think for them to make it to state and win state this year would mean the absolute world to him. So I'm rooting for the Panthers hard on that one. Like you said, Mart is always a prolific offense school. They put up a huge amount of points every game. One school that's impressing me in that realm is Marlin this year. I think that Marlin has really, you know, they they were second in district last year. They had that kind of offense that puts up a lot of points on the board. But under Ruben Torres, I mean, they've really turned the program around in the sense that they're dominating in their district. And they're very close to either sharing the district title or taking taking out the whole thing. So I've, not, I've had my eye on them all season because Ruben Torres and I have talked a lot about the newer guys they have, the guys they have returning, their quarterbacks younger. But I think they can make a very deep run this season. And you've already mentioned it a little bit, but obviously there's just no shortage of talented players around the Super Syntex region. Of course, you've got Waco Connolly, cornerback uh, Kobe Black. Everybody knows his name, but I'm interested to see who you've been keeping your eye on. Uh, maybe players that have flown a little bit under people's radars. Absolutely. So on that squad specifically with Connolly, Kiefer Sibley is that guy. I will mm-hmm. say that right now. He is the running back that everybody has to have their eyes on. I wouldn't say he flies under the radar, but I would say that, you know, Kobe Black has a lot of attention on him. He's also right. an incredible athlete. But I think Kiefer Sibley is a guy that people need to watch more as well. I mean, every game that we shoot video and highlights of him, he is making spin moves and doing things <laughs> on that field that I have never seen before. <laughs> and so I think he's a kid and a dude that people need to watch and if college coaches are listening, you need him on your squad because he's the kind of guy, one, he's he's just a great person. I've interviewed him a lot. He has a great head on his shoulders. He's dedicated. He's passionate. And he just wants to he wants to win and he wants to succeed. And I think on that team, that Connolly Madisonville game this Friday is gonna be a dog fight. Just mm-hmm. because I think it's gonna be a battle of the running backs. Madisonville's got Lorenzo Johnson on their squad. So I think it's gonna be fun to watch. Kiefer and Lorenzo kind of go head to head on that one. But if there's been one guy, honestly, I had my eye on Kiefer last year. And I was like, this guy is going places. And he kind of flew under the radar. He didn't have as many offers as some of the other big dudes, but they're slowly racking in. You see him come up on Twitter. And I think, I mean, I think he is going to be that guy in at the college level. I think our director of recruiting would agree with you. She is Nicole Shearer, and she's a sports anchor <laughs> and reporter down there at Kaysen in Waco. Nicole, thanks so much for joining us. Best of luck the rest of the season, and hopefully we'll be seeing you at AT&T Stadium come December. Yes. Thank you all so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Nicole. There she goes, Nicole Sheeran. You can follow her on Twitter at Nicole Sheeran TV for all of your greater Waco and Super Syntex area. Um, she's right. Kiefer Sibley's great. I, that yeah. That's a very under-the-radar matchup uh, between them and Madisonville this week. If you're looking for kind of one of those hipster picks, I think that's definitely one of them. Um, but incredibly excited to see that one coming up. All right. We talked Super Syntax with Nicole. We're going to continue to go through the rest of those teams, and then in the back portion, we'll take a look at the Hill Country breakdown. But let's continue on with our Super Syntax as we take a look at one of the teams that were aforementioned in the China Spring Cougars. Um, out 
of for a division one a name that has become synonymous with victories in texas high school football the past couple of years as she mentioned tyler Beatty. Because if I say Beatty, he's going to get on to me again. But <laughs> Coach Tyler Beatty, we watched them play last week, actually, in Stephenville at Tarleton. And, um, you know, it, it is, it's a different team this year. It They've is. got three different losses on the season, one of which to Melissa, the number one team. Mm-hmm. So not a bad loss. That one's aging perfectly fine. The loss to Dallas Parish Episcopal was a little bit disappointing. Yeah. That's not to say that Parish is not an unbelievable team. They've taken down some really, really good teams this year, but just not what we were expecting out of the two-time reigning state champions. And then obviously losing last week to – uh, Stephenville. to Stephenville so all that they have this this district in and of itself is crazy because all they have left after this is Waxahachie life which mm-hmm. should be a win for China Spring um, but Stephenville on the other side obviously having the one-on-one tiebreaker against China Spring they still have Alvarado and Waco La Vega China Spring has already taken care of both of those teams right. it came down to the wire with Alvarado but there is that possibility of some movement and shakers around there, specifically if Stephenville was to lose one of those games to either La Vega or Alvarado. So a very, very interesting district out of a five for a division one. The one thing that I'll say after, and I think you'll agree with this, China Spring has got the offensive skill power. Yes, Correct. Stephenville ate them for lunch on the Lions. Yeah, that's that that game was gonna. We knew that game was gonna be determined up front too. It was mm-hmm. gonna be China Springs' offensive line versus how well Stephenville's defensive line can get to Cash, Cash McCollum. McCollum. Um, and they absolutely just gave him hell. Yeah, they really he, did. He was scrambling for his life, which. I think Cash McCollum took it pretty well, I yeah. would say. Um, but still, I mean, he didn't have nearly as much time in the pocket as as he usually does to where he can throw you know, 30-yard bombs down Right, and he's a mobile quarterback, but he's one that would rather stay in the pocket for the bomb in the air rather than than run. And, yeah, the Stephenville defensive line, one, is just massive in general, but they just manhandled the China Spring offensive line. So that was the one point of emphasis of China Spring is beatable, um, Mm -hmm. and it starts up there in the trenches just Mm -hmm. not being as big. But the Cougars still rank number nine moving on down to 3a division one it's the number seven Lorena leopards and like nicole said it's it's a team to be hot about it's a Mm -hmm. team that we've been hot about for a couple of years now so they actually lost to china spring in week one again take that for what it is considering they're two divisions higher than they are right um but they lost to china spring and then they lost to waco la vega in a one score game in week four Waco La Vega took China Spring to the ringer, another team that is two classifications up higher than them. Um, And guess what? The huge, huge win over Franklin. Mm -hmm. It was a third, she mentioned it, since 2020. That was in the state championship game, um, or when they lost before then. Yeah. 39-game losing streak, or winning streak, busted as... Lorena took down Franklin. Uh, Braylon Henry has been a star, over 1,500 yards rushing on the ground and 21 touchdowns. Uh, and it's been a great showing for Kevin Johnson. You'll remember the mm-hmm. the interesting story about Kevin Johnson being that he was the principal at Lorena before this year. Um, a guy that had been around the football program for a long time. I think he was Ray Biles' offensive line coach for about seven mm-hmm. years. And when Coach Ray Biles got that illustrious state title after 30 years, decided to say it was time to, to hang up the hat. Then Kevin Johnson ended up stepping in, and he's done a great job of keeping that Lorena program right on track. 
Moving over to 2A Division I, the 10th-ranked Holland Hornets, an undefeated squad out of District 13, 3A Division I. Uh, Brad Talbert has done an unbelievable job with this Holland squad of getting them into being a state contender. Um, quarterback Desi Cantu leads the offense Really good wins over Burton, Bremond, um, and facing off now against Schulenberg and Flatonia to round out the year. Moving on down to a team that needs no introduction as we head to 2A Division Two. It's the second-ranked Mark Panthers. After coming out of a very quick retirement, Kevin Hoffman has the Mart machine back on track. It's, it's just hard. It's hard to know how dangerous mart really is until the playoffs and it's like that every year and i don't think that they would disagree with you with that either they there's just not a whole lot of competition in their area in their classification so it's very very hard in non-district to get people to agree to play you um Mm -hmm. so it won't be until the playoffs that we really have a good thumbprint but obviously playing in the state championship game lost to albany last year but looking to get back um as their most of those kids are now a year older and and ready to still ball out so the mart panthers we will find out more about them inevitably when they finally make it to the playoffs Staying into a Division Two, how about the number eight ranked Chilton Pirates? Uh, Benny Hewitt lost; they lost last year in the regional semifinals. Um, but this group has been on the hunt, and he's he's got the Pirates up and running. Um, so. I have this written down because it was uh, – we're at that point in the year where there's so much going on in these district games that are so meaningful. Like, you got to write them down yeah, or else you're right, going to forget right. about it. Um, but they had a three-point loss to Granger on the road last week, which I think that you can count as an upset. Mm-hmm. Um, that bumped them down to number eight in the rankings. But Granger will have the driver's seat – if they can beat Iola in week 11, but the top four is all chaos there. Chilton has already beat Iola. So that takes out one of the thing lost to Granger. And then we'll see how that ends up shaking out for the pirates. Moving down to the six man ranks. Now one, a division one, um, the Longhorns of Gordon and what an unbelievable win or year that they're having mm-hmm. so far uh, out of district nine, they're six and zero. head coach, Mike Reed, very impressed with how his Longhorns have been playing. Um, and I think the most impressive part about this is their skill players were really, really young heading into the year. And it was like, they have a chance to be really good if they can kind of come into fruition. And boy, have they. Um, defense also been a huge say, calling card for Gordon. Yeah, they've had uh, they've played in six games, and they have allowed 16 points this year. Uh, actually, 36. Two of them were wrong on our website. I had uh. to go. I actually had to go dig even deeper and find that because I thought that the same thing, but they gave up uh, 12 points in that second game of the season. And then an additional oh, to garden eight. city yes. and then to, okay. okay um, right. So that being said, they've had three games where they've given up eight points, which remember in six man football, it usually counts by eight because your, uh, your field goal chance or your extra point chance counts for two. two. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, they've only given up a score basically in each, three games and then 12 well, points in five one shutouts. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that is really stinking impressive. Yeah. So 36 points, uh, given up by the Gordon defense out of all of those games, which in six man football is basically unheard of. Mm-hmm. 
Moving on down to number three, Coach Terry Crawford and his Abbott Panthers are back on line. They lost to Westbrook last year in the 1AD1 mm-hmm. state championship. And you know, as she mentioned, Coach, a uh, a big fan of us here at Dave Campbell's. Maybe we're just big fans of him. him. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> um, but he he's made it very clear that this is his last year as the head coach, as the longtime tenured coach there at Abbott. Very very, very beloved in the entire six-man community. So if you know Coach Crawford, you're rooting for Coach, C- Coach Crawford to get back to that state championship and mm-hmm. have his chance um, at, a, as, at a little bit of a revenge game there. The offense can definitely score. That defense worries me just a hair. They're, they're very susceptible to giving up quite a good portion of points. So if the defense can stick true, they have the offense that can get in a shootout, but that defense is going to have to step it up a little bit in the back half of the playoffs. Sticking in 1AD1, let's go to the fifth-ranked Jonesboro Eagles. They lost to Westbrook in Week 2, but how about a huge, 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 huge game in the six-man ranks this week as Jonesboro takes on May that will decide oh, the man. district championship there. That rocks. So, um, and then after that, uh, much to Lance Pickle's demise, they're, they'll blow through Evant in the last week of the season. Evant. So, Aww. Yeah. Shout out to the Elks. <laughs> We love we love us some Evant Elks. You gotta say it with a country accent too. You gotta be like Evant, 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 the Evant Evan Elks. <laughs> I have to drive through Evant going home when I go to my parents, so like it's a it's a running joke. You uh, always wave to them when they're practicing, right? Yeah, yeah. There was one time I was driving home in the swag wagon, and <laughs> Evant was out there practicing, and it took everything in my being not to stop and say hi to him. I was on I a time that. limit of when I had to be home by. If I would have been 15 minutes earlier, I would have gotten like my whole cup full by going to Evans practice. Anyway, <laughs> for another time, if the Elks want to invite me out, I'll go give a, a motivational speech about turning around their like 0 and 7 season. Anyway, all besides the point, Jonesboro, big game against May. Moving on now, <laughs> rounding it all out, 1A at Division at 2, the fourth rank Richland Springs Coyotes. They have looked just as good. Uh, Jerry Burkhart, obviously, in absence there, but um, they've been cranking through District 16 of 1A. A division to let's see they still have Cherokee is that right have they already played Cherokee these and that is the sixth ranked Cherokee Indians both of which being in the same I want to say that they have let's see we're gonna look this because I think that we've already done I think they already beat them I've got it pulled up that's good because my computer's not working <laughs> well I mine is sort of working um things are going great Yes, they beat Cherokee forty to thirty-two. I was I was gonna say because I'm pretty sure that we've already talked about Cherokee yes. here. Um, um, so anyway, both of those obviously number four and number six residing there in that same district, which is wild, especially in six-man districts when you only got about four or five teams to right. have two state-ranked teams in the same district. But uh, yes, they did beat Cherokee forty to thirty-two at Cherokee. So they have definitely. They've definitely solidified their spot as uh, yeah. number one in that yes. district. So there you go. There are the ranked teams in the Super Syntex. We do have one more ranked team to talk about, and that's in the Hill Country region. 
as we will not be talking about the Lano Yellow Jackets like we were last year. This time last year was a lot happier for me. Um, Anyway, there is a ranked team in the Hill Country region, a much smaller region because so much of it is consumed by the Super Syntex, and that is the Greyhounds of Bernie. Boy, do they look good. They're cooking. (laughs) Bays is just, Bays is blazing a path through everybody, Mm -hmm. and they look like the team to beat in 4A Division 1. Obviously, we saw them last year in the state championship. Um, I think that they would like a rematch and see if they can do it. So the Greyhounds looking absolutely dangerous. The solely ranked team out of the Hill Country region, which is kind of shocking because last year we had a ton um yeah but it ebbs and flows that's how it is um, it really is bernie looking incredibly solid so well, there you go say, was, is edna are they technically in the hill country no they're not okay i didn't think so nope. I'd, never mind. they're more coastal bend ish okay. which is why when them and lano met they played in san marcus because they were heading uh, up you're right yeah okay. that's right that's right okay no th- they're not allowed else. in the hill country oh, okay <laughs> They are. I just have a personal vendetta, which they all know. know. And they love to give me, like, they throw it right back at me. So at this time, it's playful fun. But uh, no, Edna is not in in the coastal bin or in the hill country. Anyway. All right. There are the ranked teams in both the Super Syntex and the hill country. A good variety of teams there, all the way from 4AD1 down to 1A Division 2. But alas, there are players scattered hither and yonder all across those regions. And we go over to Mallory to locate them. Hither and yonder? Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> we got Talk about your little players. <laughs> we got quite a few superstars to get to. Let's start off with the big one. Lake Belton wide receiver Micah Hudson. You can't talk about the Super Syntex Waco Belton area without talking about the superstar. He's the number one ranked ra- man, <laughs> ranked wide receiver hey, in the state. Of babies of a head. <laughs> what? Do you not know that from the Rugrats? No. Oh God. It just sounded like a bunch of words coming out. Of exactly. Your mouth. That's what you sounded like. <laughs> the number one wide receiver. Wide receiver <laughs> in the state and has recently moved up to the number one rated prospect in the state of Texas in the class of 2024, thanks to our very own Greg Powers. And he is just he's just a fireworks factory. This season alone has caught 54 passes for 1,105 yards and 14 touchdowns. And dude is just an elite playmaker. I would say probably like the prototypical type receiver that any coach is looking for. He's fast, versatile, a deep ball threat, always a scoring threat. His catch and run ability is off the charts. Legitimately everything that you could want in that position. He's verbally committed to play uh, at Texas Tech. Uh, He committed back in September, verbally committed to play back in September, choosing to play for the Red Raiders over massive big-name programs like Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Texas, and Oklahoma. And, man, he sure seems locked in to the Red Raiders. And fun fact, if he signs with Texas Tech in December, he will be the highest-rated recruit to commit to the Red Raiders in this modern recruiting area. So, obviously, doesn't need much of an introduction. He is the superstar down there, Micah Hudson, Lake Belton wide receiver. Yeah, certified five star, certified like, stud. I mean, he's, he's going to play on Sundays. You can, that's, yes, point blank. <laughs> yes, correct. Moving right on down the list, we've already talked about him a little bit. He needs no introduction. It's Waco Connolly, cornerback Kobe Black, 
and he was our 4A cover boy in this year's summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, the story written by yours truly. How about that? Isn't that cool? That so is I promotion got to, right I got there. to interview Kobe Black earlier on this summer, and he's a great kid, really, really fun to talk to. He's the number six prospect in the class of 2024 in the state and the number one corner in Texas, again, according to our very own director of recruiting, Greg Powers. He's an athlete with a really, really great frame, six, uh, six foot, 190 pounds. On the season, he's got 35 total tackles, 18 solo, and one interception on this season. And he also plays on the other side. He's got 432 total yards of offense and four touchdowns. And he's also a, just a menace on special teams, too. He plays oh, on yeah. KOR and punt return, too, and he he's just a menace on there, too. I think truly his athleticism is probably the sole reason that sets him apart from the rest. And he can basically just be plopped down on at any point on the field, maybe not on the line, but <laughs> on the field and give and him a shot, be successful. <laughs> Come on, Seriously, coach. if you're going to do that with anybody, this is the kid you want to do in, it coach. with. The senior is currently still uncommitted, but has announced his top five back in August between LSU, Oregon, Ohio State, Texas, and Texas A&M. Uh, 247's got him leaning towards either Texas or Texas A&M. So hopefully we can keep this kid in state because it'll be fun to, to talk about him on the Republic of Football um, every single week. Moving on down to Temple defensive end Jamarion Carlton from the class of 2026. How, it just, it, it's I'm old. So, I know, I was going to say, like, I graduated back in 2017. You graduated back in 2015. So seeing like, yeah, sophomore in high school, class of 2026. It's oh, like 11 years ah, post high yeah. school. <laughs> I know, it just makes me like, it makes me have a little bit of anxiety, but yeah. you know, that's okay. And he's been absolutely outstanding this year. It's actually his first year um, on varsity. He's got a great frame standing at 6'4", uh, weighing 290 pounds, and he's just downright physical and a force up front. He recorded a sack in his varsity debut against McKinney Boyd. And then a few weeks later against Arlington Martin, he scored his first varsity touchdown and it was a 15 yard pick six. So he's been big boy. He, <laughs> I think I got is, tagged in that, honestly. Like, I think someone on Twitter put really? it on there, and they're like, Ashley Pickle 12, big boy touchdown, big boy which touchdown. is just we a public it. service announcement. Anytime there's a big boy touchdown, if anyone wants to just tag me in it, like, yeah. for my viewing pleasure, I would love that. Same. Yes, same. At Ashley underscore Pickle 12 at Mallory. Apparently. <laughs> on Twitter. Let us, let, we should do the big boy touchdown of the week. Correct. Yes. Agreed. If y'all tweet us, we'll show it on the show. I'm that's not, not That's not a bad idea. Not, we're producing on the fly here. You get <laughs> but, a sponsor. Uh, Correct. Big but boy. he's been he's been super impressive already so far this year. And again, he's still only a sophomore. He's still very, very young and has room for improvement, but has really caught the attention of a couple of big name programs, some around the state. He holds offers from Houston, North Texas, Nebraska, and SMU. Definitely one to keep your eye on here in the next couple of seasons. Moving right along, it's Lorena wide receiver Jaden Porter. He's been on everyone's radar for quite some time now, I should say, leading Lorena to a state title back in 2021 and 2022. And he's just been electric throughout his varsity campaign, recording over 3,000 receiving yards and 26 touchdowns. So very, very impressive varsity campaign so far for him. I think he got hurt 
earlier on in this season. He did play against um, Franklin last week, but he did get hurt earlier on in the season. So that's kind of why his stats, if you look at his stats on max preps, that's why they haven't been as impressive as you would think or there's only like three games on there and that's why he got yeah. hurt earlier back in this he definitely season. played a definitely played a factor in that win against Franklin oh yes and then in his re- this is this was what really impressed me so he came back two weeks ago when Lorena took on Rockdale and in his debut back from injury he caught four passes for 75 yards and a touchdown and then added four tackles on top of that so putting up that kind of a performance after nursing a an injury like that honestly speaks to the kind of athleticism that this guy has. He's currently committed to play for the Baylor Bears, and he committed back in 2022 and has honestly looked locked down to the program ever since. So, yeah, keep your eye on Mr. Jaden Porter out of Yeah, Lorena. that's huge if they can keep – man. Yeah, it is. Especially keep with, him home, too. Yeah, like, like it's one, it was big anyway for Baylor to find him, recognize that's a hometown kid that – everyone would love and could actually make a big difference for your program but then two with the state that the Baylor Bears are in yes. if they can keep Jaden Porter committed that'll be good yes correct. that'll be needed they absolutely need to keep him home for sure and around it all out another superstar out of the hill country area it's Bernie quarterback Jackson Bays Another guy who's helped lead his team to a state championship appearance last season in what was an absolute historic year for the Greyhounds. He's also been out most of the season, too. He actually he had an mm-hmm. injury as well. I think maybe not most of the season, but a couple of games. Um, but what this kid did last year and as a sophomore was just absolutely impressive. Again, led his team to having the best season that that program has ever seen. And he put up all these kinds of numbers. He threw for 3,575 yards and 53 touchdowns, literally in one season as a sophomore. Like, he's probably 16 years old, which is crazy to think about. And when this dude has time in the pocket, he can absolutely unleash and let it fly. I honestly think to me, like, he's probably – maybe it's just because of his age. I think he's a little bit under the radar. Maybe that has something to do with his injury, too. He's got Everyone a good Everyone was frame. so focused on his brother last year, too, and you can't – You're right. You can't you're blame right. him for being focused on the senior running back that was just tanking Bulldozing people. over people. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I completely get that. And, again, like, he's still very young. He's only he's only a junior this season. Uh, but he's got a good frame, six foot, 185 pounds, with another year and a half, again, to improve that in high school. And he actually earned his first offer back in May to UTRGV and has interest from other Texas programs like UTSA. So these programs are starting to notice him. Um, and, of course, as Bernie continues on with this season and will ev- inevitably, inevitably make a deep playoff run, he will be definitely more on the map there. So there you go. Players to watch in the Super Syntex and Hill Country region. A lot of superstar talent, which I just – absolutely love I almost did one of those things where I did like an under the radar kind of segment Mm -hmm. but it's like how do you talk about like the super syntax without bringing up like Micah Kobe Black or Micah Hudson right it's just like one of those things where it's like yeah I got I gotta stick them on there you know like they're just so far up there that you can't not mention them so there you go fun players to watch on our super syntax and hill country regional break do Maze. <laughs> I can, you know what? Look, I can fix this right now on the phone. 
can fix I noticed it earlier, and, and you were already popping off on your players, so I was like, ah, oh, break down. I liked our regional break do better. <laughs> Why break down break, when you can break, break do? do. <laughs> the official stance of women talking football. Dude, that was funny. <laughs> I like to think of myself as a person that looks at it like a glass half full you are so you, why you break know, down when you can break two that's always why I've appreciated you as a person because you are always a glass half full because most of the time I'm a glass half empty no I'm kidding no but you, you. most of the time I take my glass and I slam it down on the ground she's like Thor another one no we get along because we both are half glass full type people and we're both yes. positive people so that's why so break do break do correct we're gonna go break do because i've got a thing i need to finish editing here um because <laughs> it just doesn't stop i will say this uh not gonna go through the full list yet because i don't have official confirmation on all of them but be aware that the war on weather is in yes. full effect for the texas high school football weekend i think it seems like thus far all of the thursday night games are continuing as scheduled but friday looking and sounding like from the word that we're getting a ton of high school football games being moved up in time mm -hmm. for tomorrow. So if you are going to a game tomorrow, highly recommend taking a look at like the school's Twitter, contacting the coach, the, the front office or something to make sure that your game is still scheduled at the same time. As for us with Dave Campbell's Texan Live, uh, we will be working to get our crews there as early as we possibly mm -hmm. can to get these games up for everybody. So just recognize that the war on weather is started and keep a lookout on uh, Twitter for it's at Texan underscore live and at DCTF. We'll be posting those updates as we're getting them about what games are being moved. There is a chance just producing on the fly here and being as honest with you as you can. There is a chance that Dave Campbell's Texas football tonight might move up the start time from 730, but keep an eye on our social media channels and we will have you covered because might as well just move some stuff up and have even more football time to talk Correct. about. Correct. So uh, keep keep an eye out D at DCTF um, and then at Texan underscore live if you are going to be joining us in watching some of our broadcast tonight. We hope you will. Dave Campbell's Texas football tonight, possibly at 730, likely a little bit sooner. But if not, uh, we'll see you then. Correct.